everyone, it's Amber Love, and you are listening to the Vodka O'Clock Podcast from AmberUnmasked.com. You can sponsor the show and my work through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash amberunmasked, and you can pledge as little as a, a dollar per month. Um, so today, my guest is brand new to the Vodka O'Clock experience. Her name is MJ, and we're going to talk about this amazing tarot deck that she created. She's a wonderful artist living on the West Coast. And we're going to talk about magic and tarot and probably pets because we I always do. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to get into, into that kind of fun topics of conversations. MJ, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, I'm really excited to be here this morning and I feel bad for you guys on the East Coast. I hear it's pretty, pretty nasty out there. And it is. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we're, we're getting, yeah, we are getting the snow at the moment, which was funny because so many people were complaining that there wasn't enough snow. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> just, just wait, just wait, just give it till February. Come on. Oh no, no. I, I grew up in Boston. So, um, I remember, I remember the, um, the snow and I'm in Seattle now and it's, I, I hate to say it. I mean, like we've had sunny skies in Seattle, by the way, which is rare. Um, but it's been, it's been unseasonably warm here. So I, I almost hate posting like photos on like on Instagram of like the flowers that are blooming because I know my friends on the east coast are like dealing with a polar vortex I'm so sorry but yeah I know yeah. but it's you know we do if you if you live in the northeast you live there because of usually because of seasons and you're used to the mm -hmm. seasons we have oh, virtually like no spring but you know yeah well we have only one season here in Seattle it's just like one continual one. yeah 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 or as I said, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, uh, Lemony Snicket uh, series of unfortunate events. It's like false spring. My daughter watches that. Oh, okay. If you're a fan of Neil Patrick Harris, I just have to say it is one of the best shows created. Um, so just going to say that. And Crows, by the way, it has a, they have a lot of crows. In I that. remember when those books came out and there was, well, there was a movie first, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I did, did a whole series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I remember um, those book covers were always so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. But yeah, anyway, they have the purple covers. Yeah, are you? Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, of course. yeah they, but you never judge a book by a cover. That's what they say, but I do. <laughs> I know. And that's how I judge a, a wine, too, by its label. Sad to by say. its label. Absolutely. Yes. I, I I'm with my bad bottles of wine because of that. <laughs> Yep, same with the whiskey. Like, yeah, it's not clever enough. It has to look like completely aged parchment, and yeah. you know, like it was found in a cellar and mm -hmm. like buried in Scotland or something. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, since you said that you were from Seattle and lived in Boston and everything, I, when I went through your bio, it's mm -hmm. you, as you say, whooshed. You whooshed mm -hmm. all over the country. It seems like so you've had. Oh all kinds of experiences and just mm -hmm. life in, in different parts of the country. True. And, um, you know, and, and you're surviving as an artist and mm -hmm. I don't know, it's tough. It's tough. So what is some of that background and where, where you did end up uh, going to school? So I ended up going to school at Parsons in New York. Um, when I was 19, I took some time off and I worked my butt off um, to get into the school. Uh, I was not a particularly good student. Um, I was really good at art, but uh, I found doing math was completely like just not my, it was not my wheelhouse. Um, taking gym classes, definitely not my wheelhouse. Um, 
I did not feel like I fit in in high school very well, but I, I always fit in with um, with like with the other artists in school or like we were called the art room freaks. Um, so uh, I was really surprised when I got into Parsons School of Design um, because obviously it was not on my academic understanding. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but I, I wasn't able to stay there because finances and uh, my parents um, you know, not, not every person, um, uh, you know, looks at art as a viable career. And uh, my parents did not see it that way either. So um, financially speaking, it was, it was, it was kind of difficult. But the time I was there, uh, it was life changing and life altering, because um, I grew up seeing um, the world from one perspective, growing up just south of Boston, and with a very, um, almost like limited mindset um there's a there's a uh, a poster that used to be around in the 80s of like the bostonian view of the country and it was um a picture of boston obviously and then there was cambridge and then there was like a picture of the berkshires and then after that it was just like a wasteland and so i think <laughs> kind of like how um i you know like i i was brought up to believe like the world just was like this one little you know like portion of it and so when i went to new york it was just like eye-opening. I was like, oh my God, there are people from all over here. And, um, and I was free. And so in, in many ways, it, you know, it, it did, it, it, it changed uh, a lot about like, you know, who I was and how I took on, on life. And um, it gave me the courage to, you know, move um, elsewhere in the country or to try different things or, you know, to be a bit more spontaneous um, than I had been raised to be. So yeah, but that living there, and you can see like, my artwork is reflects a lot of like um, you know like city life. You know, I, I pull in a lot of like city elements and things like that, or just even the colors and or jaggedness that comes with the city. So, yeah, well, I think that's important. Um, well, well, it's natural for your art for anyone's art to reflect what's around them. Mm -hmm. um, which is why it's just so ridiculous in, in the comic book world where people are constantly fighting about how politics shouldn't be in your art. And it's like, right, what planet do you live on? Because, <laughs> really? You know, what, everything that's going on around you is going to end up in your art. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it's an absurd argument. So yeah. um, what I do know, though, from, from figure modeling in, in different art schools and museums and whatnot is, how important that um, that structure is of human anatomy, and what mm -hmm. I'm curious about, and and I've asked this question sometimes to just uh, to you know to comic folks and everything because they end up drawing in very different ways. With you know you have animal superheroes and, and whatnot, mm -hmm. and, you know very anthropomorphized. So with your art. I haven't seen the dog art yet, mm -hmm. but the, the crow art, these are very natural crows and mm -hmm. they, you know, like there's no um, exaggerated cartoon style. Like they aren't crows that are posed uh, the same way as the figures are in a different kind of tarot deck, you know, it's actually just, you know, it's the crows being crows. <laughs> right. There's, it's, there's no cartoon element to them, I guess. It's like the, yeah. Um, again, like when I made um, this deck, um, 
I don't know if you like you if that was on my bio, but when I created it, it wasn't made for anybody else other than myself. So I I just took photos of crows that I liked and um and worked with those like how does the crow stand? How does the crow look down? Um and that was for you know originally it was going to be just for me. This deck was just going to be for me um as a way to kind of tap into my um my higher self and you know like to provide some guidance. Um and it really was very um serendipitous, I guess, how it all worked out that it, it you know, that other people enjoyed it. But it, um, I guess had I known that I was going to be making this deck for more people, <laughs> I might have put in some other elements. But because it was just like it, it was very almost in, in some ways utilitarian, uh, like, you know, how how I created the crows, you know, it's like this is what they do. And um, I think they kind of just shaped how the deck came out. You know, I wanted to create something that I want. I, I thought was pretty or, you know, inspiring or sometimes like the colors, like that was the most important element for me um, for that particular card. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and, and for the wise dog, de- it's definitely not comic book either. Um, I, that's not my style. Um, it's, I kind of like the idea of it being more dreamlike, um, but not, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's not, it's not, um, I'm not putting them in shapes that wouldn't like a dog or a crow wouldn't move in naturally. <laughs> right. And there, yeah. and there, there definitely are comics that have animals very realistic, oh. but, oh, yeah. um, but, um, oh, is that, is there Chucky saying hi? Oh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> there's there's uh, a sea thing going overhead. It's kind of loud. <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. Um, but yeah, so there are some some people who just draw amazing animals and, mm-hmm. and paint, you know, they paint them in such realistic ways. And then, you know, like one of my favorite comics is like Hero Cats, where I was saying it's like they do they do get the essence of a cat, like how mm-hmm. they, you know, when a cat is giving you a smirk and that kind yeah. of stuff. And you know how they move from a ledge to a window, to, you know, to a rooftop mm-hmm. and stuff. So So there's all this studying and... Um, you know, so hearing that you just observe them naturally and, uh, you know, we get them in our backyard all the time too. Mm-hmm. So that we're lucky that way. Um, but I just, you know, I didn't know if you had some extravagant experience where you got to, you know, go hands-on with maybe a, a, like a sanctuary or anything like that. Oh no, my, my balcony is like that. I mean, they come by, <laughs> they hang they out. Just- they just sit they, in his yeah, I, I watch them like um they they have this language like between them where they sort of cluck it's like a loving cluck and then they sort of they put their heads together and it's really I mean it's my desk is right at the window at my balcony and I've been watching them we moved in here um in September and so since then I feed them regularly and they come by and they know one of them comes up to the door that's one I call brave one. He comes up to the door and he pecks and he gives me the stink eye. He's like, Hey, come on, you know, it's time for you to get on the ball here. And, um, since I, we, we adopted Layla, um, our dog, um, the crows still come by, but, but not, um, they're not as brazen as they were. I think they're kind of trying to feel her out, you know, but she's fine with them. She doesn't bark at them. She kind of just watches them and they watch her. And, um, so far it's been a very good you know, understanding of, of each, 
each role, you know? <laughs> so I, yeah. I told her that the crows are, are welcome here um, and she is to not bother them. But so. It's one thing that when I take Gus out for a walk, um, mm-hmm. which is my cat, if, if you haven't seen him, um, because Gus loves birds and critters of all mm-hmm. kinds, um, particularly to hunt, but, <laughs> but there are some that I, you know, I'll warn him, especially the blue jays, the crows never land if we're out. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll be flying around in circles. They'll go from tree to tree, but they don't land if we're in the backyard. And, but man, those blue jays, they can oh, shriek. And I'm like, oh, they're mean. I'm like, guys, you better watch out. As, as soon as you hear one, I'm like, you just watch out. And then the vultures circle. And it's oh, like, you have vultures? We have vultures. Yeah. And oh they, God. yeah. And they're enormous. They look so big. And I'm just like, Gus, you're sitting still too long. They think you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) I know. They need to worry about that. We have coyotes um, that walk through. I mean, I'm in the city. Like, I'm I'm not out. Like, I'm not, we're, this is no, this is not rural. And we have coyotes. Wow. And people have to know, like, that they're, um, like, not to leave their little dogs out in the yard or cats because um, they will be taken away uh we also have raccoons that are nuts here um like they they are brazen um they they're they're out during the day i don't know what like they're like zombie raccoons yeah (laughs) my night i I don't know if you know uh i think her name's jenny lawson she has a furiously happy and it's like a picture of a raccoon on the cover like you know like standing up yeah i kid you not we're walking home one night and my friend Hillary stops and she looks and she's like, oh my God, look at the raccoon. It was standing up on its hind legs at us and was like, ah, like doing that. Like, <laughs> and she's just like, she, like I thought we were going to have an elf moment where she goes up yeah. and like, hey, like, does somebody need a hug? I'm like, like, just step away, walk away because it will attack us, you know, That's because so they do weird. that here. Yeah, so, we don't we don't even see them here unless they're roadkill. I mean, they're oh. here. Oh no, we usually. see them all the time. And in our old place, we were in a basement apartment, and I had one that was looking through the window. I was I was home alone. My daughter was um, at her dad's that night, and I'm watching a movie, and I'm just like having a great time. And you know, all of a sudden, I look, and there are these two beady eyes looking through the screen window. And it's this raccoon and I got up and it literally moved its head as if I was blocking the television. Like, Hey lady, move your fat butt. I'm trying to know. And it, and it, it was just, it was very brazen. It did. It, I screamed at it. It didn't move. It really liked this, this movie apparently. So, oh but yeah, we have them. Yeah. in Seattle, we have a lot of, um, uh, opportunities to mingle with with um, wild animals between the crows we have eagles um the raccoons possum my friend had a possum come through her house twice like walk through the the cat door the cat door came into the house did not do anything i told her it was her spirit animal because it was it there was a reason that it came through her house twice um literally like walk through the house like (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, yeah, that's what actually one of the reasons why we could never have something like a cat door, even the magnetic ones that supposedly uh-huh. only let your one cat. I'm like, no way. I'm like, I'm like, we, besides the strays, who knows what would wander in. Yeah. Um, well, here but, we might have people coming. Yeah. In. <laughs> yeah. Luck, 
Um, but yeah, it's just, I've been trying to take pictures of the birds in the yard mm-hmm. with just my cell phone. And, uh, you know, it's interesting just to note their behavior. Like mm-hmm. uh, um, the chickadees, which I believe they're called Carolina chickadees or something. Um, they're very polite with each other. They mm-hmm. take turns at the feeder. And then you've got like the various types of woodpeckers. And uh-huh. uh, oh man, they just come in and they're like, they're like, screw you, buddy. <laughs> and it's just like, the, you know, so like the nuthatches and the, there was three different birds at a time. There was a nuthatch and I think a blue jay and a woodpecker all together, like these pretty big size birds mm-hmm. on, the, on the bird feeder. And I was just in awe because like these dainty little chickadees are just like, I just picture them as being British. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh no, excuse me. Excuse me. No, you go ahead. You go, you go first. Maybe that's what they are. Maybe that's how like, the, you know, in their world, that's how they're perceived. That's how they right? are. Yes. I know. Yeah. I imagine this, the, we have stellar jays out here and they are very loud and they're beautiful to look at. Um, but they tend to be more aggressive and the crows at, uh, in the spring, can be very aggressive um if if you um pose a threat like i I feel like the crows around my neighborhood know me and they Mm -hmm. translate like they you know they um they tell everybody in their territory um like they i don't know how they do it's like magic they communicate your face you know like whatever the details of like who you are to those in their territory. So they recognize you, but not only do they recognize you, they then pass that information down to their fledglings. So it's like, if you're, if you're somebody who likes to, you know, like torment crows, everybody, like all the, all the crows in that territory know that. And it's really, it's like, it's really freaking cool. You know, it's like, you can tell your kid like stranger danger. Right. But they're they're still going to take candy from somebody. But whereas like, Crows are like, oh no, 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 they're they'll peck you. Well, we put so peanuts you, out for them, so we hope yeah. we're cool. Yeah. The, oh yeah, you you best you you earn their their uh, their favor. I mean, um, I buy a bag of dog food specifically for the crows. I mean, like it's a cheaper one. I don't give them I don't give them the same food that I give Layla. Um, but yeah, they get their own dog food. And then if I have leftover um, salmon, uh, like I'll divide the skin for her the dog and and the crows oh okay yeah or the yeah or anything that's like leftovers little little waste that way um what i did find they don't they don't like vegetables at least these crows don't like vegetables see and and that's interesting because i put as the pumpkins were you know Mm -hmm. we were getting past halloween i thought for sure that the pumpkins that we just like left out or put near the edge of the woods would get devoured immediately by whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And nothing came and actually ate the pumpkin. No, and, I think it's uh, a myth that they eat like, because, you know, I don't know about you guys, but like here the zoo throws pumpkins at all the wild animals. And it's like, Oh, look, we're going to, they're going to feed the pumpkin, you know, the animals pumpkins. Yeah. And I've never seen an animal eat a pumpkin. <laughs> no, I think they're just after the seeds. And then after that, it's like, no, we don't yeah. want the the good fleshy squash part. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that being very appealing. I mean, if you only have like a beak to use, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So why did you, um, you know, hearing all of this, this great relationship that you mm-hmm. have with the crows, when, why did you choose crows and, and how did that come through your, as you said, you were doing this through a more cathartic 
mm-hmm. self therapy, you know, process. So why did crows end up being your subject? Um, because it's been the crows have been um, my well, I'd say like my spirit animal, my spirit guide. Um, they are the one creature that I look out and, and just in awe, you know, it's like, I've watched them for years. I mean, ever since I was a kid and I just, I mean, I have a big, long before all of this, like 10 years ago, I got a big crow tattoo on my arm. Um, because it's just, it's like what I connect to, you know, I mean, it's, it's like that animal, like there are people who are just like, who just love elephants, you know, like as long as they can remember, they've just always loved elephants, you know? Um, for me, it's, it's, that's how I feel. Like when I see a crow, I don't see something that is, um, like a flying rat or whatever people may say. I'm like, I see a beautiful silky bird that, um, that has a personality, you know, that has, um, style and charisma in a way that I don't think other birds have even right. even the the English chickadees <laughs> it's like the, the crow and, and they're they're an animal that um you know my daughter will dispute me on this um they are as intelligent as a seven-year-old you know <laughs> Wow, and um, they have the the reasoning skills. So it's like you can train them to do things. I, um, I can't remember where it was. I saw this that they were going to train the crows to pick up cigarette butts. Which to me, I think, is, can't we just train the humans to pick up their own yes. dang cigarette butts? Um, but here, here. <laughs> here. yeah, right. I mean, like, come on. Um, but they're but they're trainable and they can they're problem solvers, and I love that about them. And there's just and I also love that they never forget a face. And I, I kind of relate to that. I may not remember your name, but if you cross me in any way, or if you are nice to me, I will always remember. Like I will, like, I, I don't, I don't always remember what people say to me, but I remember how they make me feel. And so when I get that, like, I, I, I will always remember them. So in that way, I'm kind of like a crow. So. I think that's amazing. Um, and I, uh, I I appreciate that you weren't even sure like what to call them because I've heard that as, you know, as white women, we shouldn't say spirit animal. Um, But they're, you know, animal guides and animal companions. And, and even now people are um, like, I watched my cat from hell with Jackson galaxy and, (laughs) and I've read his books and everything. And he doesn't even say cat owner anymore. He says that he's a cat guardian. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I tell this to my child all the time when she says, we're Layla's owners. I'm like, no, you can't own a living thing. We're, we're guardians. Like, yeah. And you know, it's like, yeah, definitely, definitely. You don't own your cat. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, exactly. Like, I mean, dude. For bills, <laughs> like for some, you know, uh, you know, uh, vet bills and all of that, but you don't own it. And that's, that's, I, I think it's getting out of that language too, because, um, it, it, it helps us create more compassion for animals when we don't see ourselves as owners, but when we see ourselves as responsible for their welfare. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and this brings up an interesting point um, about just the, the magical world and, uh, and labels mm-hmm. and things like that, because I'm, you know, I'm also a, a writer and I write the, these lunatic stories about the cats every week. And they're intended to be silly and fantastical. 
even mm-hmm. though there's always it's always based on our true explorations around the yard and, and whatnot yeah. um, but I you know I'm like well it's this one was more noir and this one was more urban fantasy and this one <laughs> was more sci-fi where we talk about like building shit in the garage and um, yeah oh my god it sounds awesome so you know like so to think first of all you you've created a, a tarot deck which itself is like a, a magical oracle tool mm-hmm. and a utensil like if you will um but if anybody said your art was fantasy is that an issue or is it yeah. is it like well no because it's it's magic you mean like is it a fantasy that I create art that I get to do it or is it the art itself is no fake? that somebody were to say oh she's a fantasy artist oh no I mean I don't care you can, people can label whatever I mean I I kind of feel like whatever people want to label it whatever makes them feel like they can relate to it is fine like I know what my work is um I'm confident enough I guess that I just I'm not concerned what other people say um I do it mainly for myself I mean I do like to like when I'm creating art um I get into a place that is um uh not like fantasy, but I do like to like surreal, you know, your headspace, my headspace. Yeah. Is that like, um, and really what I'm seeking when I'm making each piece is can I make this piece translate the energy, um, that it needs to, you know, um, for example, um, I did the, the magician card for the, uh, the wise dog recently, and I posted it on Instagram and, you know, traditionally with the Rider weight, you know, it's, um, you know, he's holding his wand up and he's pulling all the elements together. And uh, for me, with, uh, with the wise dog deck, um, the energy I wanted to get there was the energy of how a dog creates magic and a dog doesn't use a wand. Um, it doesn't have thumbs. It can't hold it. Um, but what it does do is it puts its hand, his head in your hands. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, that was doing, so precious. Yeah. And in doing that, it, that's how it creates the magic. That's how it transforms and, and helps people find their solutions. Um, you know, that's what sparks the, the, the energy, you know, is in that act of laying on your lap um, and, and uh, giving itself you know, giving its energy to you. So um, anyway, so I guess in some ways, like that's kind of fantasy in a way, you know. Um, but like I said, like when I was creating the um, the cards, yeah, I'm like, I'm not really thinking of like a genre or like, ooh, I want this to feel a certain way other than I want whoever's holding this card to feel the energy. And when we talk about that, it's, you know, you're not working on one painting where you're channeling the energy or the motivation or mm-hmm. whatever the expression is that needs to come out. We're talking about like 72 pictures, 78, 78, <laughs> 78 pictures. Yeah, I can't even remember my own yeah. stuff. And I've been reading. I mean, I don't I just I'm, I'm bad at math. And I, I and I, I read cards rarely, but I have a collection of them. And um, but I love reading cards. Mm-hmm. but you're talking about 78 individual paintings mm-hmm. and is this all watercolor that you did no oh gosh no I do digital collage so I draw okay. it's a bit of it's a little bit of everything um I use a surface pro um and I have a pen 
and I draw on my screen and sometimes I pull elements. Um, um, so it's, it's a combination of digital collage and then drawing um, that's on a computer. So um, it, it's definitely not, uh, it's, you know, it's not like doing a watercolor, but you're right. I mean, with doing 78 individual pieces, I have to get into a headspace for each one. And so that's, it's hard to transition from one to the other. Like, so I can't do like two back to back very easily. I have to like get into that headspace of like, all right, so now I'm going to do the magician. And then um, I recently finished the moon. So I'm like, I've got to get into the headspace of, you know, like, what do I want? How, how can I get this out of my brain, like traveling through my brain down into my heart and in through my hand so that when I create it on the screen, everything is perfect. Um, so that's what, yeah. I mean, like, that's how I, um, I do the, the cards, um, and then coming up with the writing, you know, like, you know, what's the message on top of it. So it's not just also, it's not just like, Oh, I've got to write, you know, design this card. Then I have to then also write out the little story that goes with it. Right. And did you do separate ones for if they were reversed? No. Oh, so for the crow deck, I did, but I'm not going to do that for the dog deck. Okay. Um, Which again, that's a personal preference. I don't think everybody follows that. It's, you know. You know, I I think about it and it's like, do I, you know, it's like, it was important I did it with the crow deck because I was trying to keep with the rider weight deck as much as possible. Again, and that was because when I was making it for myself, I was using that deck as, um, as like the inspiration, you know, I just basically wanted to recreate the rider weight with my own artwork. Um, but with the dog deck, I'm feeling less, um, less, uh, connected. I don't know. dreaming. She's, no. she's like, um, well, Gus just woke up. So he's staring at me like, why are you sitting there? <laughs> um, but with the, um, with the dog deck, I, I guess I feel like I'm more free to kind of, um, branch out a bit and, and, um, do things a little bit differently. So, but yeah, I won't be doing reverse. Okay. Um, and the, I mean, the writer weight slash Smith deck is, mm-hmm. um, is usually what people seem to get started with because it's, mm-hmm. it's very familiar. It's, you know, becomes easy to teach in the fact that there are so many people who know it and use it, that it makes mm-hmm. a classroom experience. If you go take a workshop or something, it makes it easy. Oh. Plus all the symbolism in there, it's pretty much like, you know, you can kind of figure it out intuitively, you know, right. you can look at it and be like, oh yeah, the 10 of swords, um, definitely not a happy card, you know? Yeah, you're, like, I know. I'm looking at your eight of swords and I'm like, yeah, this is someone having kind of a bad day. And Yeah, having yeah. a bad day. They're, they're kind of feeling trapped or, you know, like, haven't you ever been in that headspace at work or like, yeah. You're just like I just don't know what to work on next. I I, yeah. I know what I need to work on. I like I know what needs to be done. I just I don't want to face it. There's such a drastic yeah. shift for me if a, a sword comes up versus a cups. Mm-hmm. And except for the the cups, what is it? The five where they're like half of them are spilled over. Yeah, and then it's like oh my sad pathetic cups have spilled. But other than oh, that, yeah. the cups have some pretty cheery art. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think for the most part, the cups are like, I mean, it's all happy, blissful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking about like, yeah, I think, is it the five? I think the five is the only one that's really. It's depressing. 
Yeah. Yeah, the four sometimes can be kind of melancholy sort of feeling like, oh, you know, it's sort of like staring off into space, you know, like, are you meditating or, or are you ignoring, you know, kind of thing. Well, it's seeing your um your eight of swords here with the, the crow that has a red ribbon wrapped around mm-hmm. it. And all I can think of is the end of The Secret of Nim. Have you seen it? No, wait, I think I did see it like a it's long, cool. long, it's long, cartoon. long ago. Huh? It's the cartoon movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's what, like one of the greatest movies. I know it was based on a book, but I, ne- I never read the book. But the crow mm-hmm. at the end finally finds a girlfriend. And mm-hmm. so he's got this red string and he keeps getting tied up in it. And he's just like this goofy, klutzy crow that can't mm-hmm. like figure out how to fly with string to make his love nest. Mm-hmm. And it's so freaking adorable. And then they have ribbons. And so then the two of them have the big ribbon and they're just swooping back and forth happily with their ribbon. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's adorable. <laughs> I'm have to revisit that one. I don't know if my, like when my daughter saw it, she's nine now. So she, it might've been like, she could, ha- she could handle it up. now. I think at nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, I think the, the opening. The I think the opening is probably the trippiest, where you see like needles getting injected into rats. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then yeah. after that, it's pretty chill. Um, but when this is when she's watched all of the Avenger movies, so okay. we're good. I mean, she's watched Thor's eyes get like poked out. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah she's. You know, my nine-year-old is definitely. Um, yeah, I feel like because I'm like I'm a single mom, um, I feel like she probably has been exposed to more things only because of just like I'm home and I might want to watch something. And, you know, she's I don't know, not always. I don't always have that other parent there to to say, don't do that. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> No. That's you know it's it's hard, and you're an artist, and and as yeah. it is, people think um, making art as a, for a living is is hard enough as oh. a second income. I don't know. Oh, I'm a, this is my only income, so I'm I'm a full time artist. Um, that I somehow by I tell you what, that's the magic right there. Um, I take care of my child, um, and I think that's beautiful. Living- that's- and we live in Seattle, which is one of the most expensive places in the world to live. And I don't know how it is that I've, I mean, I got to knock on wood yeah. um, because I feel like you have, like I wake up every morning with just an, an amazing amount of gratitude. Um, like, I'm not kidding. Like, I, I really think this is the trick um, is you wake up and you say, thank you. Um, thank you, like for everything and for start everything. your day on that note. Um, because I am, I am for hundred percent certain that if it wasn't for approaching each day with like, oh my God, I get to do this, you know, <laughs> even though there are some days that are really hard and sometimes I see comments that make me feel sad, but I still get to do this. <laughs> but that's, you know, and that's part of it. That's part of the being grounded in reality is that whether you're a writer or an artist or a musician, whatever your art is, it's it doesn't mean it's not hard and it doesn't mean it's always easy. It just means that you happen to love what you do. I happen to hate the business end of things. I'm I'm one of those, like it's tax time and, you know, talk about me going, like, I I mean, I would be completely, 
I would dig a hole in the backyard and bury myself before I'd want to fill out tax stuff. Oh, you and me both, sister. I'll tell you, that's where that's my eight of swords right there. It is. Ugh. Seriously. Like I despise having to do the business end of things. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, about having to be, having an artist, because I, I hear them tell the art students this, that, um, you know, here's how you form your own LLC and here you have to file your taxes and here's how you, you know, they get very little guidance on the business part of it. And the most, a lot of times, like nobody's physically showing them like, this is how you fill out a, a you know, an invoice. They'll just say, you have to remember to invoice your clients, you know, and right. it's like, that's not the same as showing the, the process. So do you have an agent in order to get this amazing, no. these decks out there? Oh, just- so I have like, a, I have a publisher well, I know you have, yeah. So the publisher is US Games Inc., which is. Oh, and then one you of mean like biggest. somebody to help me sell them? Yeah. Like, did somebody That's have, me. like, do you have an agent that says, okay, let me take this to the publisher? Because, like, as writers, half the time, no. most of the time, he needs oh, an agent. No. no, I literally, like, but this is how I approach, like, everything. I'm like, I have an idea. Oh, I'm just going to run with this idea. Oh, how do I, like, and then I, I look at it like a puzzle. How do I get this idea out into the hands of other people or how do I market it? And um, so, no, and, and, you know, artists are just, um, their talent is not always in marketing and their talent also um, isn't in valuing themselves. So this is like, um, I have a friend who is, is an amazing needlepoint artist I mean, like so beautiful, all of her work. And, and yet she'll sell it for $20. And it's like, well, how long did it take you to make that piece? And she's like, oh, five hours. It's like, dude, you made, you could have picked apples and made more money than what you did. You know, it's like, well, I don't understand. And, and it's like, she goes, well, you know, I, nobody's going to buy my work, you know, for more than $20. And it's like, what are you, are you nuts? It's like, it's beautiful. Of course they will. So I think overall, like we're just told like, well, we just, we devalue art. Our school systems devalue it. It's like last on the priority list. First to get um, cut. First to get cut, you know, and we just, we devalue its place in in society. Yet we all crave it because we love looking at things that inspire us. You know, we love going to the movies and feeling inspired by a, a beautiful movie or just sitting there for two hours in awe of, you know, what we're seeing. Yet it's like, you know, I feel like as artists, we're so quick to be like, oh, no, no, you know, like it's like, you know, like it's almost like a way that we can kind of soften the blow when we're not, um, if we, you know, with rejection, you know, because if we don't value our, our art, we can say, oh, well, it's okay. It's not worth that much anyway. But it, it makes it if somebody rejects it, you know, um, an easier, you know, blow. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where we, we kind of screw ourselves because then I know people like who struggle um, to to make ends meet, to do the thing that they love, you know? And so it's like, I mean, I know in a perfect world, everybody would get to do the thing that they loved. And I, and I know we, we don't live in that world, but I would love it if, um, if it was like, if art was just appreciated a bit more. So yeah, you know, absolutely. And, you know. and this is, there's a specific tarot conversation here because <laughs> we had mentioned the writer weight deck and I said, writer weight Smith, one. Mm. And it's because um, Pamela Coleman Smith was the artist who That's made right. that yes. deck possible, that deck that everybody learns on. Mm-hmm. And she was written out of it because um, 
it was written by A.E. Waite. Mm-hmm. And then the seller or publisher, if you will, was the writer company. So um. the writer name got put in first. And meanwhile, poor Pamela Coleman Smith like doesn't even get her name on it. So now there's, uh, you know, there's a movement for uh-huh. when we talk, and I was glad to see this on the U.S. Games website, there's even a book about her, like this mm-hmm. whole lost story of who she is and, and all of the amazing art that she created in her lifetime. So, I, I mean, you did the writing and the art, so there's no, there was no chance of you, mm-hmm. your name not being associated with this. But unlike other artists, like you called yours the Crow Tarot, Instead mm-hmm. of like your last name, Tarot. Like I, one of my favorite decks is the Morgan Greer. And that's mm. the two people's names is Morgan and Greer. <laughs> awesome, by the way. It's, it's what become one of my favorites. And um, because it's one of the few I've seen that actually have any multicultural elements or mm-hmm. like not, it's not completely white. Let me put it that mm-hmm. way. As far as human representation goes. Right. Um, which is something that was lacking. I noticed in my decks. So, mm-hmm. um, because there are so many out there and there's so many, you, like I do have the uh, one that's, um, I think Norse, you know, where it's like very specifically Norse, the words are in, in German, uh-huh. I think. Um, and then there's one that's, that's Russian. I don't have the Russian one because I've been waiting my whole life to find a Polish deck and there, I haven't found one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. And okay, there's yeah. a lot of French because of the because oh, yeah. of the, the popularity grew from Italy and France. Mm-hmm. So usually finding like French and Italian decks are no problem. Right, um, right. So yeah, so the Morgan Greer and the Aquarian decks are two of my favorites. And the Aquarian was because of the art. Mm-hmm. And that was uh that's David Palladini. Make sure I shout out to him. But again, mm-hmm. all of the human people in it are mm-hmm. like lily white people. Um, beautiful art deco, like watercolors or, or, or uh-huh. stuff. It's just, to me, it's just some of the most amazing art. Um, Hold on. I'll have to look that one up. I don't think yeah. I know that. Yeah. And the, um, and he did another deck that he actually named after himself, just called the New Palladini deck. But mm-hmm. the Morgan Greer uh, is fascinating because the colors are so vibrant. And you, you had mentioned like how you had to think about your color choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. for certain moods and everything. So um, I want to hear m- more about that because um, it still has to look like one cohesive deck that they mm-hmm. all belong together. So did you have to limit yourself as to, you know, a palette of these are my 25 colors or something? Or- oh, God, no. Um, no. In fact, I don't, I don't think that... Um, I think if you look at the cards, like I, I did it more by like the suit, you know, or mm-hmm. element. Um, so like all the swords sort of have a grayish sort of hue. Um, all the cups have a golden kind of vibe. So when I, when I was designing it, um, my inspiration really is my, like my neighborhood, the color, like, or the colors that you see in Seattle. So like there was a lot of gray in my deck because, um, or, or tones of gray because, that's what we see here a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's beauty. I mean, there's just such, um, as my daughter pointed out the other day when we were walking home and it was really very like this dark gray sky is that, you know, it creates all the color like of the trees and the grass to sort of pop. So I was like, Oh yeah. You know, it's like, so when, when with my deck, I mean, 
I kind of like look at my surroundings for my color palette. Um, I do tend to use a lot of like the patina greens and, and things like that and slate, slate grays um, because that's what I see here. But um, I wasn't, I didn't, I guess it wasn't a conscious decision to narrow a palette at all. Okay. <laughs> I just do that. It, it's just like a natural thing. Like, Oh, well that color does not fit here. Like, um, you know, I, I can't think of a color that I, I, I really can't think of anything where I was like, well, that wouldn't work because depending on the mood of the card, it, it, it may, I mean, like the seven of pentacles has, um, you know, like rosy colors and, you know, lots of pinks and, and uh, magentas uh, to kind of denote, you know, a warm, a warm sunrise or sunset. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about that. And I think more so now with the dog deck, um, making sure that there's a fluency, whereas with the crow deck, I mean, like I said before that, because I made it for myself, it was just like, oh, this is what I want for here. You know, it's like yeah. now I'm looking at this at the dog deck in a different perspective. Like, oh, I'm like, um, because you know, like, what will people say? Like that is that kind of crazy. Like, as I think about that as an artist, like, what will people say about this? Deck? It is, but it's true. <laughs> it's also part of you know, it's our consumerism and capitalism, and you know. It, yeah, I guess I didn't, you know, I didn't realize when I made the crow deck that I was making a product. Yeah. <laughs> like when I made it, like my first thought was I'm creating a work of art. Like it's 78 cards that come together as a work of art. And I, it, because that's how it began, I never saw it as a product. And um, because I see, because of like how it turned out and how events sort of played out now with the wise dog, it, that perspective is in, is in there. Like, I have to think like, oh, um, I'm not just creating art now. I'm creating something that people will want to purchase as this needs to, you know, as this is my livelihood. And, um, and in some ways, I, I worry if, it, if it's limiting me in some way, you know, um, am I holding back times? And then when I do that, I have to put myself in check and, um, and, and look at him and be like, no, I'm not, you know, I, 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 I have to remember not to limit myself um, or to let the opinions or to worry about what other people will think and just go with my instincts and trust my gut that I'm going to create something that's, that's good. Um, so it, the dog deck is taking a little bit longer because of that. And because I had a computer malfunction, um, right. With, really sucks but that really <laughs> sucks if you're doing it digitally oh let me tell you oh yes um yes when your computer decides it wants to go on strike um it's like you're like no you can't do that and then um to be able to uh get another one i mean i was grateful i i was able to do that but it was not the not a computer, not, not one that would really give me enough oomph. So that's why I have a Patreon page as well. Right. Um, I was going to mention that too. Yeah. That I'm trying like, I'm like, I, I just need a bigger, stronger computer. Um, so, but, um, yeah, anyway, I feel like I, I'm sorry. I went on a rambling fit. I apologize. No, but it was the, it was an appropriate rambling fit because I, you know, we're talking about, you have to, somehow pitch this to a publisher like you know u.s mm -hmm. games or uh what's the other one jackson um something 
Jackson. And uh, it's so you have to you have to pitch it. They take it or they don't. And then mm-hmm. then it, it goes through the production process and meeting deadlines if it's not all done. Um, and now, you know, unless your nine year old is your um, marketing intern, you now have to do marketing. And um, so you're doing, you know, so you have Instagram and you have Patreon and and uh, Facebook and and Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so it's like, is there is there any like what is the end of this? What works? Do you know what works best or Um, Facebook? So I would suggest like um, that mean Facebook and Instagram have been probably the best for me. but yeah, my day, I mean, like, I work, I work almost all day. Um, I go get my child between two and three, um, spend about 15 minutes with her. And then I go back to work. I then like make dinner and then spend about an hour hanging like with her, just her having dinner. And then I go back to work and some nights, um, some nights, you know, I hang out, but then some nights I'm working on the marketing or working on the wise dog or working on the guidebook. And so like, um, you know, it's definitely not a life of leisure, but it's a life of getting to do what I love. So it doesn't feel like work. I mean, I have friends who are like, who say like, Oh, you just work all the time. Like it doesn't feel that way because I love what I do. But at the same time, um, you know, I do have to spend time with my daughter and she will, she'll, she'll remind me, you know, mm-hmm. like, hey. Um, well, plus the dog. And like I said, the cat. The dog. I mean, they, oh, my like, God. Like, I took the dog for a walk. Holy cow. I mean, like. Like, and they're yeah, good I, reminders. They, you know, yes. they, they're like, hey, you're not paying attention to me. And I need to go out and I need to eat. I know. We adopted her two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And at that time, I was like, I don't have time. You know, we just got over the loss of our dog um, from a year and a half ago. I'm like, I don't have time. And then she came into our lives and she was just like, yeah, I don't care if you don't have time, you're going to make time for me because I'm worth it and I'm beautiful and I'm going to drive you nuts, but you'll, you'll thank me for it later. So, but no, I mean, it's really, marketing is really important um, for artists. And I think um, like knowing, like knowing who your customer is, is really important. Um, I worked in sales and marketing before I went off on my own to do this deck. Um, so that's what I did for a, a software company here in Seattle. Um, so I kind of had a, a base understanding, you know, um, but I also have this part, like, I don't know if it's stupidity or what, or just like, I just think, oh, well, I'm just going to pitch this, or I'm just going to send this out to someone and see if they like it. I mean, at five, I was walking around my neighborhood trying to sell my drawings and my that's adorable. My a neighbor up the street called my mom and said, "Hey, um, you know, Margot's up here trying to sell us her drawings." And I was a good like you know like ten houses away from my house. And I mean, but I think, I, but that's all how I've always been. Like it never it never registers to me like, oh, you know, like people don't want your stuff or um, this is crazy or you might get rejected. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think, and, and, and I have, and having a thick skin is really important. And, um, because I have, I mean, I, I don't fail when I feel I epically fail, 
So I've had a lot of those in my past. So now I'm like, okay, I kind of have that lot of like trial and error thing going on. So I know like this worked last time, this didn't work, you know? So I think the, you know, like for artists, the best thing you can do really is get out as much stuff as you can, like, and don't be afraid, you know, like really like try everything you can. And it's okay. If you fail, fuck that. I mean, you're going to fail, right? Who cares? Move on. And then just take what you learned from it and keep going. And I'm sorry I said the F word. Oh, no, um, that's allowed here. Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, good. Because like, I mean, it's allowed in our house too. I just tell my daughter, she can't say it at school, but sometimes it's, you know, it's okay. Um, but, you know, you, you're allowed to make mistakes and that's the only way that people learn and grow. So if a marketing strategy didn't work for, you know, something last time, or say you posted something on Instagram and it didn't take off, you know, like you can kind of figure out like, well, what did I do or what can I change or how can I pivot? Um, and same thing with the Facebook advertising. Um, Facebook was a great resource for me in the beginning uh, when I did the crow deck, because um, at that time, um, I was hitting like the right mark with people like they were seeing the deck and it connected with them. And it, it was a great way to, to get it out there. It may not necessarily be that today. And because of that, um, you always have to adjust. So it's like, I think, you know, like being able to be flexible and taking a lot of chances is, is the only way. I mean, yeah. And that's, you know, regardless of whether you're an accountant or, you yeah. know, or something creative, I mean, just generally in life, you know, make beautiful mistakes that you learn from. Mm-hmm. And, and I oh, think everybody should, everybody, <laughs> everybody, because I mean, it, there was a really um, exaggerated character on 30 rock. It was John Hamm for a few episodes. Yes. He I was love the, him. It was so funny. Oh my God. I love him doing comedy. I love him in comedy. And he was so perfect and nobody would tell him that he was doing things wrong. Like he would try to, he would just like make up something to sound French and, you know, and it was like, yes, that's perfect French. Yes. But didn't he live a blissful life, right? And, I mean, and he like, led a blissful life of ignorance yeah. instead of learning, instead of learning yeah. and, and growing. It's like, oh my God. But yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, he, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can only go so far. And then eventually reality does kind of, you know, come up and, and say, hey, you know, this is, this is what's happening. But um, the more experiences you have, was it, um, now I'm, I'm going to like, I can't remember if it was Thoreau or if it was um, Emerson who said life is, um, life is an experiment. The more experimenting you do, the better. It's like, I know I just butchered that, but it's like, but anyway, life is an experiment. And that's how I kind of approach this is like, this is just one big, fantastic experiment, you know, and um, you know, might as well get as much out of it as possible. Um, and you know, in the beginning you, you spoke that we we're going to talk about magic. And I think that's really where the magic comes from. Right. I mean, like if you set your intentions on things and you believe it wholeheartedly that it's possible, you know, things sort of happen, um, in a way that may not have happened if you just sort of went about your day, not, not thinking about it. So yeah, and I and I'm and thanks for reminding me that we were going to talk about that before you, you go. I mean, you can tell me if you have to run. 
Oh, no, um, fine. Okay. Um, because uh, as we mentioned, there's a second deck that's going to be the wise dog deck. Mm-hmm. And um, it's different in the sense that when you look at a crow, there's, there's not a lot of breeds. You know, it's like you got, <laughs> you got, you know, your Corvid genus, whatever, breakdown, right. family species, whatever. Um, like there's just the American crow or there's the, like, there's a this, jungle crow and then there's the ravens mm-hmm. that, you know, so it's a like, question. They're, like, they're, like, they're like lots of little crows. Magpies fall into Magpies are adorable. They are just so freaking cute. I and wish they were around here. There's a crow, like our, um, it's down in Texas. And um, now I can't remember, but it, it drives people nuts. It's like really obnoxious. <laughs> like, oh, I think I would like that crow. Cause I like birds that are kind of like, you know, like, Hey, I'm here. You're in my space. Yeah, um, they're bossy kind of, about it. Yeah, bossy. Yeah, I like I like the bossy birds. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, so with the dog deck, there's you know hundreds upon hundreds of uh, of dog mm-hmm. breeds, and uh, you know plus all the mutts. Yeah. And so you know so when you when you, it comes to thinking of a, of the tarot intention, you know, for each card. To me, it seems like it would be easier to use dogs because you could be like, oh, yes, well, like, you know, joyous, foolish happiness. Of course, that's mm-hmm. going to be a Labrador, you know, oh, or yeah. some, you know, and um, so how did your education of dogs come into play versus you're just using magical intentions and, ch- and channeling? So as far like as far as like how the dogs um First, like, I don't know if you can hear Gus chattering in the background, by the way. He's making himself known. No, no. Um, he's probably like, dogs, ah. ah um, yeah. So, no, it, it, the wise dog deck came about because a friend of mine got a Scottish deer hound, which are oh. non-existent here in Seattle, by the way. Yeah, um, that's, had, the, by the way, that I took the Patronus test, and that was my Patronus. <gasps> Not, I couldn't believe it. Really? Cause I, yeah, because I thought for sure it would be a cat. I mean, I'm a cat person. But is it, yours is a Scottish deer hound. Yeah. Because you are too serious black. I mean, that's the... Yeah, and isn't that uh, awesome? So she, she got one here um, from, a, from a breeder back east, and he was just so goofy. I mean, like, this dog was just like, I'm like, really? You're supposed big, to be like big the oath. inspiration for serious black? Really? <laughs> um, because... It, it, it really was like just a goofball. And so we were joking about it um, over like um, last spring. And she said, oh, he would make a great fool oh, <laughs> for my a dog deck. And I was like, yeah, I could see that. I'm like, he's like, I mean, he's sort of prancing around. Who's a puppy. So he's like this like prancing puppy um, with big lanky legs and, you know, didn't know really how his body fit in the world, but he didn't care because he was just going to go over here and eat that. And, you know, and so anyway, that kind of started it. It kind of started the wheels in my head. And, um, and then I, you know, I thought about my dog Gumby who had passed away um, years ago. And then our dog, another dog of ours had passed away. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, they, they had this energy that was supportive and wonderful. And when, um, they, they kind of brought you out of like whatever funk you were in, you know, and um, kind of, they made things feel better. And so I thought, well, um, like maybe I'll, I'll do that. Maybe I'll, I'll create a deck because at that time we were still, you know, like we we're getting over um, our dog Charlie's death and um, you know, it had been, it, it had been, you know, like about almost a year at that point. And 
I thought, well, there's a lot of good that can come from, from, um, connecting with this energy, you know, um, and I had missed it. I, you know, I, I missed that goofiness or stopping because the dog is doing something absolutely like insane, you know, or like one thing that our, our current dog, Layla, who's a pit bull mix, she, I don't know what the deal is with this dog, but when she sees pine cones, she goes nuts. You would think that they were like magic mushrooms because (laughs) she puts it in her mouth and she is like in a whole other world. She throws it up on the ground and she's running around. And like for a moment, like, I mean, like she, she loses herself completely. And it's like, it's brilliant. Like we all should do that every once in a while. It's almost like, you know, when you hear a good song on the radio that you can't just stop but like dance like you can't you help yourself to dance. Dance. yeah you're like oh my god I've got to like I've got to dance this right now I mean it's kind of like that and I thought well with this dog deck my hope is that um for those of you know like those of us who connect with this energy or who delight in it will find it as um as another tool you know like add it to your your toolbox you know of of decks to to pull out when you need that feeling or to feel that, you know, or to connect with an energy that takes you away from the moment. You know, if you're having a problem, if you're feeling distress, um, you know, I feel like dogs are the, for me anyway, I know, um, you know, I know you're a cat person, but for me, a, a dog is the, is that energy. So it rescues you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's what I use Instagram four it's like oh look at cute bunnies and cats and dogs and you know the cat riding the horse champion oh yeah right you know it's like you just need to you just you know that's my eight o'clock like I need to just scroll and look at love right now Mm -hmm. it changes your mindset doesn't it like it's really hard to be angry like I remember John Stewart said this like I mean this had been like what 15 freaking years ago god I miss him um he said uh, if if all these dictators in the world would just hold puppies, the world would be a better place. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like it's energy, it's, yeah. you know. Um, but that and and it's a very different energy than like I think like with the crow deck. Like the crow deck is very like um, for me they 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 caw at you. You know, they're very like matter of fact, um, and you know they they kind of see the world. Like crows are very like um, you know they're about survival, you know, um, and dog energy, like, I mean, whereas some may be about survival, like I'm looking at Layla right now. I'm like, she's just lounging on her bed. You know, it's like, I think her energy is that of just enjoying the moment for the moment. Like they live in that moment, you know, like they read energy when they meet somebody on the street, they almost can tell instantly whether this person's a friend or a foe. I don't know if you've, you've ever encountered this with a dog but like I'll walk Layla and we'll pass two people and they might both seem like equal threats in my eye you know like I don't care they're not they're just people walking down the street one one of them her hackles will go up and the other one is just fine and it's like I don't know what it is but she senses something that um, yeah there I don't I don't know because like we we have two cats and they have completely different personalities Mm mm-hmm it's just, it's wild. I mean, like if you, you know, if somebody comes in the house, they'll both come to the, to the door, but Gus stands back and observes and wants to see who you are. And Oliver goes right up to people, which is weird because you can't touch Oliver, but he will go up to you very closely to smell you. 
and maybe he's trying to figure you out yeah yeah but Gus uh, you know but Gus is the one who we go and we climb mountains like you know almost every day and um and you take your cat yeah so he's he's um in the he's definitely a big cat explorer and this is how we get the great stories that we do because like when I find weird things like a plastic crow for example buried And I'm like, why is there a plastic crow underneath a bunch of leaves? And then I write a story about it, about where it came from. And yeah, he goes, so he's he's usually leashed, but um, in our yard, now that he knows we've been doing this for a, a year, so actually like well over a year now, um, now that he knows like our little area so well, uh-huh. I, can un- I can unhook him in certain places as long as he's not by the road. I know that he's just going to go climb trees and rocks and, and we'll go climb rocks together and stuff. Oh my And then God, I that's... usually get hurt, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Because like... I can't do what Gus can do. And I, right. I, had my, I had my ankle wrapped for three days because I fell through oh my... more tree branches. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's what I get for climbing trees when I'm over 40. No, we're supposed to climb trees. Shh, I'm over 42. I, I yes. swear. It's, 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 it's stay it's, young. It's fun. It's fun. And I have a great time because, uh, and and I only do it because I'm like, but I got to get this cat picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'll do anything for Instagram. It's so true. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I need this. And the worst is like, you do it. And then all of a sudden you're like, five likes. I'm like, no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, really. It's like, come on, people. Uh, I know it's like you become like this like I think about that too like with Instagram like will this make a good photo or like and sometimes I just don't care like sometimes I just want to share like a moment you know but then sometimes I'm like oh my god I'm like I can't believe I got this shot and how come nobody's like how come nobody saw this you know or right. you know like this is the best shot but oh exactly. social media you know exactly so how long have you been reading cards let me uh a year Oh, that's it? Yeah, I think. Okay. When did I start this? Oh, wait, January. Uh, yeah, a year. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm really new at this. Like, I have gone to tarot card readers. Um, I, I, I believe in um, an ability to connect with um, a higher power or like not, not a god, but um, like source energy um, and I believe that some people are more in tune than others. So I tend to seek those people out, um, to, you know, like for guidance. And so I've been going for, I mean, since I was in high school to tarot card readers, um, and, you know, like, and kind of, you know, like kind of like being a, a, a bystander and all of it. And it wasn't until like, I had this like horrible, uh, point in our in my life um that it like that it actually came to be that I was like oh that's when I made the crow deck um so I was like I needed something to help myself I couldn't afford at that point to go to tarot card readers (laughs) um uh it it was really bad and so we um so it's like I'm just gonna make it myself and then I'm gonna connect so I I I still meditate like daily I'm like I'm just gonna use this as a way to better connect or to get a different perspective because really that's what for how I see the tarot anyway is um a way of getting a different perspective on a situation that you may not want to acknowledge you know it's easy to say oh I've got to um I've got to take care of this problem right 
um, and then brush it aside. But then when you have like a reading or you pull cards and you're like, oh, frick really you know it's like and it, it and like the message yes. is like the tower you know the ten of yeah, swords no. you know and like you know like followed by death and you're like all right I can't ignore it you know it's like one of those things so um for me it was like that's um that's how it all sort of came about and um I just fell in love with it I mean I literally it was like you know, like when you just stumble upon something that you just go like, holy shit, this is the best thing ever. Oh, yeah. Like, why did it take me so long to just discover this? I mean, like, wh- like I mean, but I think that everything happens. I don't know if you can hear the crows. I can. Going That's amazing. Um, yeah. They're, um, they're by the balcony. Like, I moved away from my desk. But yeah, they're really cool. Um so anyway, um, but yeah, it, I think at that point, like it just never hit me like that I could actually do this. And then I like, I swear by the shower. I like if to me that's like my phone booth to my higher self. Um, I was in the shower and um, the idea came about like, well, why don't you just make a deck so that you can just, you know, um, have something that you can use and be like you know like you can do this like it's and and also I needed the challenge um during that time I was life was really stagnant and things were not going well and I needed a challenge that I could give myself that I could feel a sense of accomplishment and if I knew if I could do 78 cards I could do anything um you know so that's also a little bit how it came to be um so if when we're thinking about that you were going to use this for personal use, how would you um, have taken that digital work and gotten it onto like just one deck for yourself? Oh, so I went to Kinko's. So I did this. <laughs> I took all the cards and then, and so like, this was what actually ended up causing the problem with like with later on with doing the indie deck and then the, and then having us games, because when I designed the deck, um, I originally designed them as like two, 0.75 by 4.75 as far as like the the in like their length and width and so um the artwork was not big enough and so that's why there was like a border and all of that and like how like I, I did it wasn't formatted correctly um because my original thought was I'm going to put these on sheets of cardstock at Kinko's and cut them so I was kind of more designing them not with the idea that they're ever going to be printed other than this one deck okay that I had. so well the border um, looks so, nice <laughs> border, oh US games did a freaking incredible job oh my god and so because of that with the wise dog um I took uh what they did and I'm going to you know I, I created a border as well because I think I know that I was told by by US games and by other people as well that, like borders are not um, liked by by some, yeah. Some they some like, the like the full bleed, or they like the border. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. yeah, but I actually, as like from an artist's I, perspective, I like I like the the border because it it kind of creates it's a frame. It yeah, it's a artwork. nice little frame. I think it looks cool. Yeah. yeah, and that's how I see it. So plus, um, it helps because when you do shuffle, like I've noticed, um, on both my Indiegogo deck and the um, and the US Games deck that eventually there is, you know, like 
the, the, uh, the sides do, um, you know, they don't always stay perfect, I should say, you know? So with having that little border, it protects the artwork. True. Just saying. So, you know, um, plus I like the way it, it looks. It, um, so I did do that. I'm looking, I'm moving, I'm looking for the crows. Um, yeah. So, um, okay. So what other um, meditation I consider part of magic too, even though, it is, but it isn't, but it is, but we, you know, whatever. To, to me, it's the same as science. It's like, but it is, you know. Um, mm -hmm. it, it so, is, actually. Yeah, so There's it's just, um, so what other, do you have any, like, yes, Beth, I hear you. He's start, okay, he's up on the bookcase. He's <laughs> going to start pulling things down. Um, so are there any other, like, magical rituals that are part of your, your life? You know, things, things that you, you uh -huh. feel you have to do? Oh yeah. Um, so I, when I'm feeling like I'm in a slump or I'm not like I need, um, if I feel like I'm sort of like out of touch with things, I'll, I'll do candle magic. Um, one of our favorite things, um, like to kind of, it, it's really nothing more than just solidifying an intention. So if you have an idea in your head, um, and you know, to, to really really like kind of like form it solidly um like for me i'll light a candle and i meditate on that and i watch the candle and then i know like when it burns down i'm like and it's mm -hmm. and it's set you know i'm like and we're done yeah. you know um it is there it's like it, it is in reality so another thing i love to do is um, i have a universe box that i have not opened in years and it's so i created like i took a nice shoe box i think i went to like it's been literally like eight years since I made it, made this. So it might've been like, I got it at Michael's, but I took like a, a nice decorated shoe box and I cut a slit on the top and I taped it so that you can't open it. And then um, I'll write out, you know, like, um, like, you know, like just like a letter to the universe kind of thing. Like, um, and I always, you know, when I do this, I always start off with a, first of all, let me just say, I'm really grateful for, you know, this opportunity, um, I would like you to help me mm -hmm. with this. And then I sign it um, and I put it in the box. And then I just like, as if I'm mailing in a letter to the, the universe. Um, or we do wish papers. I don't know if you've seen these, they're wonderful. Um, you write it, it's like a, they're the, we, I buy them at Luca here in Ballard, but um, they're papers that are really thin and you write whatever your intention is. So we do this for New Year's Eve. We wrote out our, our intentions for the year. Sorry, she's chewing on the chair. So anyway, um, you write it out and then, so then you crinkle it up and you roll it out and then you make it into a cylinder and then you light it on fire and it floats up into the air as high as it will go. And sometimes it will go up like 20 feet and then it comes down as ash and you're supposed to catch it. And when you Oh, that's wild. No, I've just done like regular parchment paper or regular paper and just thrown it into the fire. Oh, no, no. You should look up which, uh, wish papers. They're wonderful. And they're so much fun. Like they're just, yeah. It, it sounds like, like what magicians huh? use. It sounds like what magicians use on stage. Yeah. It's like, it's just like, like they fly magicians. up in the air and it's really, it's really neat. So yeah, we'll do that. Um, and then, um, you know, again, like meditation, you know, really getting clear um, for what you want is like, I think the most important thing. 
So, so whatever it takes to get you there, whether it's like lighting a candle or, you know, throwing, a, you know, something into the fire. Um, yeah, I use candles a lot too, um, especially if they're like for the purposes of, of you know, in, intentions mm-hmm. and magic, I'll, they're usually not scented to begin with unless they're, unless I bought them that mm-hmm. way. Um, like the Crystal Journeys candles usually have scents. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah I like worked in, into them. And they're, yeah, they're great. I love those little candles. But if it's just like a little um, skinny pillar mm-hmm. candle, they're not scented. And because um, I can't burn incense in the house. Mm-hmm. So um, no matter how much I love mm-hmm. incense, but um, but we can have like, you know, the aromatherapy diffusers mm-hmm. going or candles going. But the candles even worry me because of the cat. Oh, yeah. You know, he'll, his love of knocking things down. Um, but so far they haven't caught themselves on fire <laughs> not so good um, right like <laughs> yeah or burned you know caught the curtains on fire or anything that's the other thing I'm like super paranoid about you know if I if I light a candle now I'm like mm-hmm. uh make sure it's farther enough away from a curtain right. make sure there's nothing that can hang in touching it from any sides and um oh I know I have to bring it to yeah. the stove so when I leave because you know I, um, I leave my candles burning until the end um yeah, because yeah, you're supposed yeah, to. So, so yeah, so I don't I don't light them unless I'm gonna uh, if I'm in for the day or yeah. So I, I bring it into the um in, into the kitchen on a plate and I just leave it on my stove, um and then hope to God <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty safe. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, yeah as, long right. as, as long as your dog doesn't jump up on your. Oh no, she's stove. usually with she's with me or she's in her crate when I'm not home. Um, oh, okay, but uh, yeah. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Like. I can barely trust her for like, you know, she chews, she just likes to chew. Bless her heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so she has to go in the crate when, when we're not home. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's as far as like intentions go. I mean, I, you know, sometimes you, you want to manifest something, you know, and I, it's like for me, um, I, you know, it's like, I wanted when, with the crow deck, when it became clear that, um, other people enjoy the artwork and I wanted to manifest it um, as to being like a success and getting it out there. I mean, I definitely put that intention out. I mean, I, I, I could visualize it, you know what I mean? Like, this is what's going to happen. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to allow this to be the opportunity that really transforms my life. And it really did. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you like, I've met so many incredible people along this journey that like, I mean, like seriously amazing and kind from all over the world. I mean, it's just mind blowing. Like, um, I, I, I don't know how, how I got to be so lucky. (laughs) I really don't. I'm just so like in awe. I'm in awe right now that it happened. (laughs) Well, let's hear about um, your Patreon and, and, you know, these places that people can fo- follow you and keep in touch with you and only leave nice comments, people. Well, you know, it's, it's okay. I mean, I, you know, it's like, it is really hard, like when you're vulnerable. I mean, you know, this as a creative, yeah. right? I mean, like you, of it's like you're putting a little bit of your soul out there and um, it is definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, it's definitely not for those who feel like, 
you know, like a, a word is going to um, dissuade them from being who they are. Um, and, and, I, and I can tell you, like there was one time I went on, um, I was having a particularly low moment. And then I, for some reason, I don't know what made me think to do this, because this is, by the way, the worst thing you can ever do when you're feeling low is to go read comments about your work. No, online. You don't, no. You know, you're like, well, just kick me no. while I'm down. Um, but as, as a, as a, as a lovely, lovely, wiser old lady, I shouldn't say old, she's not old, um, older woman uh, said to me, even Tom Hanks has his enemies. And so I was like, you're right. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, um, and she also put me in my place as like, you know, I was maybe being a bit arrogant. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's okay. I mean, I, um, Brene Brown quotes the, the man in the arena and I, um, I love this. It's like, you know, it's like, it's not the, um, it's not the spectator who, who matters. It's the person in the arena, um, who's getting bloodied and putting themselves out there. And, um, I think, you know, if you're a creative and you're worried about what other people think, um, it doesn't get any easier. And in fact, it actually gets harder, um, the more successful you become because then you, not only do you attract more, um, fans, but you also attract more critics and, um, that's so true. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you pray for the success and then you see as soon as people do get, you know, huge book deals mm-hmm. or, you know, big jobs on things like, you know, Star Wars or Image Comics right. or whatever. It's like all of a sudden the trolls come out mm-hmm. and they question your validity as a, right. uh, you know, as a maker. Or, yeah. I mean, like my favorite though, I have to say is like, I don't know if you follow JK Rowling on Twitter, but, um, like the, like when, um, I think she handles it best. Like she's so confident in what oh, she does. She really does. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's, I mean, like for me, she's my role model. She's been my role model for a long time. Um, just her story has really been very inspirational for me. And, and it kind of kept me going um, when we were in a very similar predicament. Um, Oops, sorry. That was just me dropping things. Oh, no worries. I'm, um, I'm surprised I have not yet done that myself, but, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, um, I think the only thing you can do is do... She was a relatable billionaire. A, yeah, she, is, that, she actually know. is. Isn't that lovely? I mean, and, and it's, it not, it's, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's not about, it's never about the money, really. You know what I mean? It should always be about the work because money is so, it can come and go. And that's not, that's not the issue. And And I think it's cool, though, of picking her particularly as a role model what or anybody who is is because people aren't perfect no, you know not. they're just they're not gonna be they're gonna like we were talking about making wonderful mistakes and learning from them mm-hmm. and you know she's you know people are down on her about hiring Johnny Depp and stuff and I'm like I don't know how much decision uh, she has in that I know and you, you know, know I really I don't. don't it's a it's like uh, yeah I'm sorry but if we go back into the the history books, we'll find a lot of things that we don't like about a lot of people, you know, but it does not take away from some of the good things that they did. Um, You know what I mean? It's like, nobody's perfect. And I don't know what, no, not even like, like, not even Oprah, like Oprah has had that quack Dr. Oz on her show. (laughs) But I mean, like, but the thing is, is like, all we can do is take what we, we can extract from things, what we want to extract from them. So like, I, Personally, the Fantastic Beasts, the second one, you know, I thought it was a better movie. Just my my point of view than the first one. 
and Johnny Depp didn't bother me so much um, because he was the villain. As you know, it's like okay. it's okay, he's the villain. Um, but I I don't really know much about his story, you know, too well. Um, but you know, and I know this is a slippery slope, so I try to stay clear of anything that um, you know, like. I just think people should be kind to one another and that includes all people um, and making mistakes is part of, of living. And all, it is. all you can hope for is that people learn from them and they grow from them and um, holding people um, prisoner to their crimes. You know, if they've made amends, you know, like just to me, doesn't seem like it's worth my effort or time because, you know, I've said this before. I mean, like we have, we all have a choice to add something positive or add something negative to the world. And I'm just going to choose to be positive. Um, and this is not to be Pollyanna, but it's like, you know, um, I can only do what I can do in the moment, <laughs> you know? And that's true. You know, there's only a certain amount of control that you're going to have. Yeah. And, and to worry yeah, myself can... over, you know, things, yeah. you know, or, um, you know, I just, I have to, I, I mean, I gotta, I, I gotta you know, I've got to pick my battles at this point, you know, yes, or I think I everybody needs to <laughs> and I don't think, I don't think, you know, battling on Twitter is always going to be the uh, healthful no, or, or health or helpful way to do it or, or writing snarky comments or be, it's like, you know, it's like, like, I, I know the internet made it so much easier for people to be, um, freer to, oh, to say things that they would never come up to your face and say, you know, I mean, of course. Um, or, you know, if they did, I'd be like, cheers to you, you know, like for having an opinion and saying it to my face. Um, but, but then I think it's, it's harder for people to do that. And, and we're all guilty of it, you know, of being like, Oh, I'm just going to post this comment um, because nobody really knows who I am um, or I don't right. have to face the, the immediate response of looking into somebody's eyes who I might've hurt with a comment. Um, you know, it's like, it, it's just so, it seems so trivial in this day and age. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. you know, it, go ahead. It's, but it's true. No, I mean, it's true. And I, and, and, you know, and, and we were talking about J.K. Rowling for a, a reason as your role model, um, because you're you're making it as an artist, and that's not easy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fantastic. And I think you could easily be the role model for your daughter. Oh, I hope so. Um, and you know, so you've so you've got Patreon, and you've got every social network out there mm-hmm. for people to you know to find you. I mean, you're you're mostly under Crow Tarot or right. some version. Yeah, of, it's Crow Tarot. So um, the crowtarot.com site and then there's Crow Tarot Shop, which I've got to figure out how to merge. So it's like on the list of things I have to do <laughs> is okay. figure out like because I write I do my own website. I make my own websites. So I like um, I have like a, a very base knowledge of HTML. Um, but I also use you know like um, sites that help build them but Mm -hmm. so on top of like managing a website I manage my the store um and I'm on Facebook I am on Twitter Tumblr Pinterest um and Instagram uh most of my most of what I do though like is on Instagram and Facebook and for the most part most of it's on um, Instagram now because I can just easily uh, I have my phone I can just share 
information or like if I'm sending out a bunch of packages, I will just post a picture. I'm like, look, packages are going out today. You know, woo-woo. Yeah, it is easy. It's a lot. It's a lot easier. Um, And I also, because I am kind of busy, um, I don't have time um, to devote that much attention to Twitter. I mean, like I post my readings every day um, on these sites, but I don't really have time to really um, engage too much on Twitter, whereas I do a little bit more on Facebook um, because I have a good community. My Facebook community, by the way, is like, they're the freaking bomb. Um, they're, they are kind. And I mean, like, rarely do I ever have anybody post anything um, snarky on Facebook, thankfully. I mean, like everybody there is just like really kind and supportive and not to go back to that, like that John Ham with 30 bucks. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think it's genuine. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, it's not like blindly, um, you know, it, it's, it's supportive. If there's criticism, it's supportive criticism. Um, you know, uh, YouTube is a hit or miss, um, you know, but I, I am on, I'm on YouTube. Uh, I, I try to post something on there, you know, every couple of weeks. So that's pretty great. And and, it, and it's definitely more than a full-time job from the sound of it, from being everywhere, like everywhere possible. Oh, and, um, and then making artwork and working on a book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you're doing all that and being a parent. And being a parent, yeah. And taking care of a dog. So, I oh mean, God. it's astonishing. And then um, she doesn't like choke on something that she eats in the house, like, you know. Yeah. So... Well, thank you, MJ. I mean, I've kept you for a while, but I've I've really loved it because I love talking about crows and tarot and dogs and cats and everything. Thank and, you so, yeah. thank you, Amber, so much because I mean, I'm I apologize, I'm a chatty Kathy. So no, I love it. I, I do a lot of editing. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's fine. It's going to minimal editing to try to take out some of my clunky background noises. And, um, but that's it. Um, oh, yeah. You can take out me yelling at Layla. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did she, she came from a rescue. Was there one that you want to plug? Yes. yes, I definitely do. So pause, which is progressive animal welfare services up in Linwood, Washington. Um, they are amazing. They are also the place to take an animal if you find a wounded crow or raccoon or possum or other wild creature, um, you know, take them up there. They have a rehabilitation center that is amazing. And then they also, a wonderful place um, to get a dog. They really are, they're good peeps up there. So, or cat, they have cats, dogs, rabbits, skinny pigs, um, you name it. And they are, they're just a really good organization um, that cares about animals. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gus Gus came from, um, the Franklin township, uh, a city animal shelter. So, um, but it's run uh, other than the main director who runs it. Um, it, it's all of their fundraising is volunteers Mm -hmm. and they do an amazing job. And the second chance for animals is the nonprofit org that, you know, we were, you know, yeah, we've, they do amazing work and they have guinea pigs and bunnies and stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah they there's always so many animals that need love and it's so sad too when you just see anything and it's like oh they you know their human died and now this you know poor 13 year old cat needs a home or something like that it's like oh Oh, I know your heart it's it's amazing I mean Layla was um by the way she is an amazing dog I mean she does chew 
a little bit, but overall she is the best dog with kids, with other dogs. And she was from Texas. Um, she was found as a stray in October, early October. And for, I don't know why she was not adopted out um, down there. Um, they brought her up here to Seattle where we get a lot of dogs from all over mm -hmm. um, because we have a lot of, we have more dogs in the city of Seattle than we have children. Um, and anyway, so she was here at the shelter um, in December and nobody adopted her out. Um, I picked her up on December 30th. So she'd been in the system for like three months um, and I, or almost four months. And it's like, October, November, December, yeah, three months. And um, I just don't know why, other than she was just waiting for me and because she's yeah, really the best just how it happens. freaking dog. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I would definitely say support your local animal shelter first. I mean, yeah, because there's definitely, there's shelters everywhere. And now there's, um, in New Jersey, we're big on cat cafes. It's finally been like big here. So we have like, those here. yeah, we have Rahway, uh, Kitty Hall and mm -hmm. as Catsbury Park Cafe in Asbury Park has gotten That's pretty, true. pretty famous. Um, they've had like celebrities visit their cafe. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm not kidding. I, I'm pretty sure it, like Lady Gaga. No, it wasn't Lady Gaga. It was Kesha. Kesha went to Catsbury Park and, oh. um, yeah. <laughs> so they, by the time they even get a post about their Instagram, they'll have like 10 applications in. So if there's a cat that's lingering there for a while, mm -hmm. um, they'll actually post that and be like, huh, this is a strange one where this one's been here the longest, you know, and oh, longest. Well, yeah. So it's, um, but other times, as soon as a picture goes up, you know, their whole Instagram feed sees it and it's amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know about um, where you are, but here um, we have a lot of breweries and they all are dog friendly. And mm -hmm. so it's like, this is like, we do. Like, um, yeah. So it's like, you can take your, your dog, um, you know, with you. It's like, it, it's such a, it, it's, it's part of our culture. I think here in Seattle, you know, like, it's like you, you you see like families like you have like the kid dog you know like and, and parent you know here like and mostly though like you see like you know for every kid you see two dogs <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, we went to a little micro brew uh, place and and there were dogs yeah it's it because they don't they didn't serve food Mm -hmm. So, um, so I guess that was somehow like not a health code thing because it's not like you can just go to a restaurant and take your animal unless it's a service. You can. There's a couple here that you can do that. That's so, amazing. Um, yeah, we had re uh, up until recently the barking dog here. You could bring your dog to the restaurant, and then we have another one um, in the area that now I can't remember the name of it. But it, um, yeah, you can bring your dog, but you can take. Um, I don't know. I take, I take my dog into places like, um, like cupcake Royale. <laughs> Maybe <I'm not> <laughs> We just, just do it. I'm like, all right, well, and you don't want to tie them up, up outside because they can um, get stolen or they can hurt. Stolen or hurt. Yeah. You know, it's like I would, or lost or, you know, it's like, yeah, it's a different time. Too. You used to be able to leave your baby buggy outside too. And you can't do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. You used to be able to leave your four-year-old in the car. Yeah. Um, you cannot do those things apparently anymore. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Not like when we grew up and it was like, oh, no. belts, leave your kid in the car. Oh, we were just talking about this, by the way, because it's such a nanny state. Like, um, 
at nine, at my child's age, I was on my bike in the yeah. summer riding out into the reservoir, like it's south of Boston, you know, like without right. thinking like, oh, somebody's going to get me, you know? And now it's like, I, my child can't walk up, you know, like a block to her friend's house without everybody going like, did you see that kid? She's by herself. Yeah. You know? It's unbelievable. It yeah. is. It's, uh, but yeah. Good luck with oh, everything. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, um, I'm just so grateful for this opportunity. So I can't, you have to let me know and I'll post it on Facebook and um, yeah. all, the, all of the sources. Good. So, so you guys, if you have more Patreon considerations, there's um, patreon.com slash crow tarot. And yep. then of course there's slash Amber Unmasked. You can find me. And of course my other artist friend, Boatwright Artwork, Thomas Boatwright and Sarah Donner, who um, fosters cats and plays music to the cats. So there's so much good stuff on Patreon. So take a look at that and um, we'll see you later. Cool.